the Great Thrive Podcast 117, Roundtable Q&A with Thrivers in Winchester, England. Do you want to grow a thriving, profitable handmade business? My name's Jess Van Den, and I'm here to help you do just that. I took my own handmade business full-time in 2010, and since 2013, I've helped thousands of makers, just like you, create and grow successful handmade businesses. So, are you ready to thrive? Let's get learning. G'day Thrivers, Jess here. Welcome to another episode of the Create and Thrive podcast. It's awesome to be with you. What's up? What's happening with you? How's your life tracking? How's your business tracking? I hope things are going well. Things are good over yonder ways. (laughs) About to head out and uh, catch up with some friends we haven't seen since we went overseas. And then we've got another friend coming over the day after that. And then a few more friends visiting next weekend. So we've got a sociable time ahead of us. And there's exciting things afoot for uh, Create and Thrive as well. So next few months, I'm running a couple of courses. Uh, If you have ever wanted to crack into the wholesale market, selling your goods wholesale, you're in luck. Uh, I'm going to be running the wholesale know-how course in a few weeks' time. It's actually going to start on August 28th. And uh, registration will be open probably at least a week before that. So if you want to know more about that, head on over to wholesaleknowhow.com and you'll get all the information about what the course consists of. It's If you've done set up shop, you'll be familiar with the format. It's the same sort of thing, a 30-day course, lesson every day. And I've actually, this course has been created in conjunction with my friend, Melanie Augustine, who built up a very successful wholesale jewelry business and has been doing that for many, many years. Because as you know, I sell online. It's not my speciality. So I invited someone I knew who knew their stuff to come and co-teach that uh, with me. And um, so we are actually both, we'll both be there helping you out throughout that course. And it's really, really useful. And I hope that if, you know, you've been thinking about wholesale, but you're not really sure how to go about it, this is the course for you. And we'll also, I'll also be running at Set Up Shop again in a couple of, about a month's time, a little bit longer than that. Uh, I'm probably going to run it in uh, September. So later in September, we'll be running Set Up Shop again. So keep an eye out for that as well. If you're on the mailing list, obviously you'll get notifications about all of these things. If you're not, make sure to head on over to createandthrive.com and sign up now. So you don't miss out on uh, me- uh, membership notifications for the Holes I Know How course and uh, Set Up Shop. And of course, later on at the beginning of October is when the Thriver Circle membership is going to be opening again. So that'll be your chance um, to join us in the Thriver Circle. Speaking of which, this week's guests are all members of the Thriver Circle. It just happened that way. I actually opened up this uh, event to anyone, but all of the members who came, all of the people who came along are Thriver Circle members, and they're awesome. So, what is this episode? This episode is a Q and A. It's a roundtable Q and A live. The, the six of us in one room. Uh, We've got Adela from Della by Design. We've got Jack from Oi Shiny. We've got Victoria from Toria by Victoria Jowett. We've got Joe from Stitches to Treasure. And we've got Suze from Suze Harris Decorative Woodwork. And these wonderful people came along to the meetup and we had two hours of talking all things creative and handmade business and it was awesome. We uh, This session, what you're going to be listening to today is actually our second part and this was where... I kind of opened up the table for just general handmade business questions. So we cover all sorts of stuff, uh, questions about 
who your ideal customer is. What if you have more than one ideal customer? Uh, how to work out an hourly rate and your pricing. Uh, SEO, search engine optimization and tricks and tips for that. Um, some stuff on collaboration and some specific stuff about people's businesses and ideas as well so it's really fun there's a lot of backwards and forwards I do apologize in advance that the audio is a little bit wiggy at times because I just literally had my podcasting microphone in the middle of the table (laughs) so you know it it captured things as well as it, it possibly could but it was really fun. We had a great time and we talked about a lot of really important issues. So I hope you'll get some uh, grains of wisdom out of this episode. And I do encourage you to head on over to the blog and check out the show notes. It's episode 117 and uh, you'll see the links to all of my guests in the show notes of that episode. And I want to give them a huge shout out and say thank you so much. It was awesome to meet you. I had so much fun. And thank you for not only coming along uh, and joining me and meeting me, but also being willing for me to record this and put it out on the podcast. You are all awesome. And I'm looking forward to hanging out with you guys in the circle, as you know. So enjoy this episode. If you have any questions or feedback, as always, head on over, leave a comment underneath the show notes or leave a comment on the Create and Thrive Facebook page or tweet me or email me, whatever. There's so many ways to get in touch. Do get in touch. I love to hear from listeners. So enjoy and uh, I'll catch you on the flip side. I'm also a bit to my card making mm-hmm. kits. Um, I'm kind of... A bit stuck in a quandary. Oh, my aim for my card making kits are for grown-ups. Mm-hmm. They are for sort of women in their thirties and forties that need some sort of escapism and want something a creative outlet that um, gives them a structure around it. Because it's not it's not someone that's happy to have to handle anything mm-hmm. and it's already creative. It's more the basic steps of um, supporting them through it and making something beautiful. Um, Obviously, carving kits are generally out there for children, <laughs> um, and that's what I find in any research is that people it's expected to be for children. Um, I find <coughs> through social media um, or through sort of networking groups, whenever someone takes my or shares my image or takes something, goes, oh, "This would be a great idea to do with the kids this summer." Right. This summer. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, it's oh, great," and I'm, I don't, I'm completely for. I'm doing it, but then they're not aimed at children. I'll do them very differently if they were for children. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping to sort of, once you get the kit, my, the first step of my instructions for any kit is let's grab a cup of tea, sit down, <laughs> and make this together. So it's a, I sort of set the scene that it, this mm-hmm. is for you to do, um, but I don't want to stop people from, I'm wondering whether to actually be very clear and kind of. I'm saying niche, but be quite outspoken in the fact that this is for an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't want to obviously if I could do that explicitly, and then people can choose to buy it for children mm-hmm. if they want to. But mm-hmm. I'm just worried, you know, so about Etsy, people won't read it, mm-hmm. um, and that people, I'm worried that someone will be disappointed if they buy it and then try and give it to their child. It's like, this is too complicated for a child to do. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, do, you do, do you do kits for children? I haven't, no. no. Um, potentially in the future, but that's not, not what, I'm, what I'm aiming to do at the moment. It yeah. would be a very different business. Um, so I'm trying to sort of develop the um, the sort of teaching side of it as well. Mm. Um, so I have a blog and video demonstrations, um, and my all my advanced kits 
contain um, some kind of tool that takes it as a different mm. technique. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what I'm more trying. Not rather than buying a particular designer card, yeah. you're buying the kit that teaches mm. you how to. So it's like a step in between having all the bits. You mm -hmm. know, going to Hobbycraft mm -hmm. and buy the bits and the yeah, dummy machines that's and that's stuff. What I'm yeah. That's what I'm thinking of doing is either post explaining all the kit I've had to buy to make mm. this kit mm. would have cost you yeah. Yeah. Quid. Yeah. but you have all the pieces there you can try it out and then feel free to go and buy it all and do it yourself it's, mm. I'm not I'm not necessarily worried if people are inspired enough to go and do it themselves mm. um, that works fine for me <laughs> have you ever done anything at groups like selling selling say half a dozen of the kits together yeah. because you you get mm. quite a few of the, the things especially aimed at women and of that age where the idea is then having a girls night in or the wine do some crafting top of where for course yeah. 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 And, 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 yeah. and then there are some other mm. ladies <laughs> we'll keep the podcast PG <laughs> yeah. that's, that's sort of general idea like you know get get your mates around get the girls over get yeah. a bottle of wine everyone sit down and do especially in the lead up to Christmas mm, yeah. like, you could have it for Valentine's Day like or oh, hen parties maybe that's yeah because yeah. 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 then you've got you know then you've got all the one you can take your grandmother to yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> just something like that because that is encouraging it naturally to the more adult sort of things without mm. without you saying no this is grown up so only yeah. if you've got a <laughs> with the you know you have your friends you have your bottle of wine you have mm. your this mm. that and the other so do you think that so they're sort of marketing it as so they could buy it as a group as a buyer yeah, maybe bottle so many together with a, a small discount mm. or with you know just with a group instruction sheet or something that puts mm. it as its own mm. thing rather than just saying okay buy seven of these yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's a really good idea, idea. It, could just, it could just be one angle that you know mm. puts it more to that side I might have to try to sort of like actual craft groups <coughs> that exist so I could do mm. a trial yeah um I see what's what's around locally. So yeah, that's Robin Lord as the WI, and they meet and have different crafts each week, and that could be that could be yes, that seems very reasonable. My grand used to do Avon parties, and she it was the same kind of thing. She'd have everyone over, and it would turn into sort of a you know they kick the men out, it turned into we'd all get sent down the pub, and so they would they would have their thing. It was a little bit sort of crafty because they were working with colours, but that's definitely a sort of group you can appeal to. Mm -hmm. What about yeah, work doing like a? Could you kind of liaise with a local cafe or something and do like a evening or I don't know, like a workshop for local? Sort of the paint and sip classes, yeah. Sort of thing, you know, like come along and paint something and have a glass of wine. Well, like come along and make some cards. Yeah, my yeah. local library does that sort of thing. Yeah. Or, and they do mornings where you go in and you can book up with a little group of you and you sit around the table and yeah, do yeah. stuff yeah or or even you say you don't think your market is creative people because they'll actually get up and do it themselves but people that will say are focused on textiles i'm just using that as an example because that's what i understand but you know there could be a haberdashery down the road that has kind of a working area and they've got a creative market but I wouldn't necessarily go and make, like buy stuff to make my own card, but I would like to. I'd like. I'd like Have to do going, it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't necessarily count them out as a as a market. Just yeah. creative people, but in a different environment mm. to you. So somebody that does knit or weave or crochet, yeah. I think would still be really interested in it, yeah. especially if you could get into a local haberdashery shop that had a space. <laughs> 
There's one in, in Portsmouth, if you ever need to know a place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's probably one closer to you. Yeah. yeah. And I know Hobbycraft does mm. demonstrations. Mm. Obviously, that's their people and that's, they've got that locked in, but it mm. is something that, is, that, that people yeah, do. Because yeah. um, they're obviously already aiming at people like, into the idea of being crafty, but, you know, she said, you don't want to go out and buy £100 worth of kit to do mm. something once so or to find out that it's not your thing. Mm. <laughs> it's better to do it. Yeah, so there's a few different angles there. It's like marketing this, the individual ones to women who want a quiet night in doing something sort of creative. Then you've got your groups either buy your own set of kits and do it like give like even have a with the, the like hens party kit or we could even market them specifically for different events and have a little extra sheet that goes you know congratulations on your whatever you know mm-hmm. and then you've got the in person either you know, they're doing it themselves or you're hosting it and you bring your kits along and then you have more available for them to buy if they want to take some home or share with their friends or give it as a gift to somebody. Mm. So there's a few different avenues there where you're focusing on the adult market without excluding necessarily, like without saying, no, you can't buy this video. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Because there's the whole thing with the adult colouring thing that's gone mm. Yeah. And if you kind of look, possibly look at how they've been framing that because obviously mm. that's they true. have the they have the same thing with difficulty where actually it is it is genuinely more difficult mm-hmm. but then just marketing around it is mm-hmm. kind of an indulgent thing like mm-hmm. the, the take the time for yourself and mindfulness relaxation yeah, yeah mm-hmm. creating tapping into your creativity all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff yeah I wrote down earlier to the Fabian magazine feature yes magazine. yeah exactly well, I guess they call them adult colouring books. So yeah, I guess there's no reason why adult card making kits. I guess. But you do see some in shops that are just called sort yeah. of yeah. colouring yeah. colouring. Yeah. Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. If you put if you put it in Amazon, it is always coming up with mm. adult colouring. But people definitely know. You don't need to become mm. a book and you know yeah. the colouring book and you know it's one or the other. It's something yeah. that. The lines aren't as thick. The colouring books. They're thicker in children's ones. It's more complicated. Yeah. More small spaces. And literally on your shop and your website have the sections, you know, for hens parties or group get-togethers or, you know, and actually you can even list the same thing more than once just with different titles and different copy. Would that help the SEO for it as well? Yeah, for sure. Because you want to be, you know, um, bringing those people in and that's what they're going to be looking for. You know, so hens party activity or, you know, whatever you call them here. It's a hens party, right? Yeah. Same thing. Or um, hens night. Uh, and, or, you know, birthday, adult, adult birthday. You know, something, thinking, brainstorming around that, that what, why do people get together? End of exams, de-stress. Yeah. <laughs> All sorts of stuff, yeah. So and that's a really good idea. Nice one. Did you have anything else at this stage? Or someone else want to jump in? <laughs> I've got a bit of a question yeah. to carry on from, you know, building brand awareness and gaining more sales. Like, one of the areas that I'd really like to go down would be in terms of doing, like, collaborative projects mm-hmm. with people. You know, and I was obviously chatting to you about market stores, but I've been on the lookout for other mm-hmm. kind of local creatives that maybe we could share a market store so it's kind of mm. easier with two people and then yes. you've got two yeah. people doing the promotion and mm-hmm. and and all of that but you know what do i what do i offer somebody like to do a collaborative project you know they've obviously got to get something out of it mm. 
I don't know. What what should each person expect, or like, how does it? The key, the key there is collaborative. Yeah. So you both have to have an equal or agreed upon input mm. into it. So you know, if you are in the market to find somebody to work with, when you approach them, have a have a very clear idea of what you want from them. Yeah. Okay. Or what you're thinking would work. Maybe yeah. you can give them a few options. It's like I'm approaching you because. I think we could do this thing together and it would be really awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, don't just kind of go, because I've had this happen to me and it's very frustrating. Someone's like, I'd love to work with you. Okay. <laughs> don't yeah, don't put the load on me to yeah. come up with an idea if you're approaching me because yeah. I've got enough stuff going on. If you give yeah. me a prepackaged idea in my lap and I like it, I'll run with it. Yeah. But, you know, I, I don't want to do the mental work to come up with something yeah. unless you're already friends with the person and you've already kind of yeah, talked about it like yeah, that. yeah yeah that's a completely different thing mm-hmm. and that would be great you know if there is if you do have one or more friends who you could potentially see yourself working with but even then if you're going to approach them about it have some sort of or a ballpark of ideas expectation yeah what sort mm-hmm. of products are you thinking of making why did you approach them like what is it about what they do that's different enough to yours but mm-hmm. is complementary yeah. you think it would work well together um, all of those sorts of things. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, having having some sort of plan in place to, to make it appealing to the other person and then being very clear with expectations, <laughs> deadlines and responsibilities. Mm. Who is responsible for what? When is this thing going to be done by? How are we going to get it out into the world? All of those sorts of things. And because, you know, when you're working with someone else, that's just it, it doesn't just double your problems, it multiplies them because there's two people trying to get something done. So you have to be very clear about the investment and mm. also taking it back out again. Like, are you taking a 50-50 split of the, yeah. of the money you make? Who's selling it? You know, who, are you both going to sell it or is one of you going to sell it and the other one gets a, a monthly amount of money from it? And actually put it all in writing. Don't, yeah. just, don't just verbalize it. Have it in writing <laughs> and have a, like, make it formal if yeah. it's going to be something. Because it's going to be dealing with money and it's going to yeah. be dealing with product. Um, so you need to have it all written down and, and signed and make sure it's yeah. all copacetic and above board yeah so and you know that i know that sounds a bit overwhelming but it just it makes it easier in the long run because everybody knows where they stand everybody knows what they're expected to do and you also want to be you know careful with who you approach you want to make sure that uh, hopefully you know them already rather than just like randomly approaching some person who doesn't know who you are or you've made some sort of connection with them first yeah um so there's a bit of a, a bit of goodwill there and a bit of knowledge of who each other is so that, that when you do raise the idea, they immediately will have a, you know, they'll have a reaction like, oh, you know, I like this person, I trust this person, I'm willing to take the risk yeah. or not. Um, so all of those sorts of things are to be considered. Yeah, definitely. I guess, and also I just feel a bit nervous about, mm. you know, you're talking about like also using maybe like a brand ambassador type mm-hmm. person. Obviously there's a few people that I love on Instagram and follow, but they've got like, thousands of followers mm-hmm. you know like it, it just feels like so unobtainable and out of my league that they wouldn't even mm-hmm. consider kind of really <clears throat> looking at me mm-hmm. do you know do you know what I mean the how do you approach that or do yeah. you just kind of go one step two step um now I'm ready well when you ha- if you have someone specific in mind it's actually quite straightforward 
look at everything they go to their website and look for what, like if they're savvy they will have a page that explains how it works mm, they'll go okay. if you want to work with me this is how it happens okay. and if they don't have that page then they're not quite at the point where they're you know that's a good almost a good time because they might not have been approached by many people yet and it might be something that they're still kind yeah. of figuring out so you mm. have an idea of what you're willing to offer when you approach them at that yeah. stage okay and be very clear on that and yeah. say and explain why you why you've gotten in touch with them what the benefits for them are what the benefits for you are yeah. what you expect um you know if you're going to give them a product or products yeah what do you expect from them in return and start it low like yeah. don't go sending them five products and then saying i want you to do a photo of each one a week because you're taking a risk that they just won't do it if yeah there's no there's nothing going you know there's no way you can hold them accountable really yeah um so start it start it small like with one one thing and then go yeah. from there and you know the, the the ideal the ideal with a brand ambassador is it's someone who stays with you long term and that when you make something new you send it to them to to give you feedback and then yeah. share if they if they like it okay mm. <laughs> i think the thing where you said about you know these people with thousands of followers and they feel sort of unapproachable you don't know how many other people are thinking that about them. Because it might, it might should be that nobody's approaching exactly. you know, it's, Yeah, it's, that's you know, true. So to use an analogy, it's the attractive person at the bar where everyone thinks, oh, no, they're out of my league. So nobody approaches them. Mm-hmm. Whereas the first person to approach them, it might work. You know, it might not. You might get knocked back. But it could work. Yeah. Because, you know, true. so far, nobody's dared to approach them. I like the idea of looking at their website and seeing if they've got it set up mm-hmm. as to this is how you get in contact with me to do mm-hmm. work. Because actually, that's a good point. Yeah. If they're aiming to do that sort of stuff, they will have that on there. Yeah. If they're savvy and they're, they're, that's what they're trying to, to grow. And I guess if they're not, they just won't answer. Yeah. <laughs> What's the worst that can happen? Yeah, exactly. They won't answer me. Yeah. So, and you try someone else. Yeah. 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 That's always a great, a great thing to think of, you know, when you're like, oh, I don't want to approach this person. <laughs> What's the worst that can happen? Yeah. Like, are they actually going to email you back and go, how dare you contact yeah. me? Yeah. Rah, rah, rah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not, yeah. unless they're yeah. a real nasty person. Yeah, especially dodgy bollocks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Thank you. Cool. Mm. Um, I've got a bit of a question about how do you pick what your kind of USP or your main thing is? Because for me, I only use vintage floral fabrics or upcycle fabrics because I just like floral fabrics. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> And I like using kind of small volumes because then I don't get bored of using the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. But there is like a um, an eco kind of standpoint. But And then there's just the fact that it's pretty and yeah. it's a particular style. Or is it the fact that it's one of a kind? Like, what do I pick? Because mm-hmm. And it feels like the eco thing probably isn't the right thing because how much do my audience really... I think it's more of a kind of like, oh, and it's eco, yeah. you know, eco. It's not the reason they buy it. It's yeah. like yeah. a nice feel-good factor. Mm-hmm. But how do you pick what you what your kind of main thing is? Do you, does that make sense? I know exactly what you mean. And the first thing that comes to my mind is you don't just have one group of target customers. Okay. There's no reason you can't market differently to different groups, even <coughs> on the same channel. Okay. Because you've got to remember, people are going to re... People are going to be caught by the thing that they're interested in. Mm. Okay. Now I'm going to I'm going to be a bit political. I'm going to bring in something I read recently about um, why Donald Trump was successful at getting elected. <laughs> okay. 
he actually worked with a, a, a group in based in the UK where they actually know how to get people to pay attention. So if you ever, and this is something I think I read on The Guardian or whatever, if you ever listen to one of his speeches from the election campaign and listen to it all the way through, there's a whole lot of disjointed sound bites like it doesn't they don't seem it's not this beautiful big sweeping logical thing he like talks about this thing and then he talks about this thing and if you actually listen sometimes he'll say one thing at the beginning and then completely contradict himself later on but it works and the reason it works is because people only hear what they want to hear the thing that they hear that sticks with them in their brain and they go oh he thinks the way i do so i'll vote for him and they completely discount all the other stuff right so that's, that's it's a bit tricksy and psychological, but you can do the same thing in a much more positive way. Yeah, <laughs> with your business, yeah. is you can put out all these different marketing messages. Obviously, you're not going to contradict yourself because you're in, you have integrity, mm-hmm. but you can put out all these different marketing messages that focus on different elements of your brand, mm-hmm. and people will connect with the one that speaks to them, mm-hmm. and the other ones will just be there, mm-hmm. you know. And but it won't turn them off. Your business, you know, because those things are all lovely as well. Like, oh, I care about the fact that this is a vintage fabric. Uh, That's what really draws me in. Sure, it's floral. That's just, yeah, that's lovely too. Oh, you know, all that sort of stuff. And then, so you don't have to, you don't have to only talk about one of those things. Yeah. You can talk about all of those things and and highlight them in different, in different messages that you put out there. So that the people who care about that element of it will be drawn in. Mm. Oh, that's really interesting. Mm. Mm. I get the same sort of thing, I think, where I try and get, mm. like, the wood I've got is locally sourced and it's not just from yeah. wherever. Yeah. So, mm. Mm. Yeah. And in my business, you know, the, the people, my customers, they will they will tell me. They're like, that thing is what drew, drew me in. And, it, you know, the fact that it's, um, it, you know, made from recycled stone mm-hmm. and silver. And then I had another customer recently who lives you know, in my area and it's like, can I come and pick it up from you? Because the thing I really care about is that it was made locally by people and I'd like to meet you. And I said, yeah, you know, so that they all care about something slightly different, but the whole (laughs) thing together, it works. Mm. So that would be my advice. Thanks. Does anyone else have any thoughts on that? Other than I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, what you said, it it doesn't actually put the other people off. Mm. Is a bit of a light bulb, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Of course it wouldn't. I'm the same, actually, now when I think about it. You know, I'm not necessarily a floral person, Mm -hmm. but I love everything else. And it wouldn't put me off seeing that on, you know, I wouldn't (coughs) get... Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. On most stuff that I've used gemstones on... I will include which zodiac sign and which month it's for. People are not into that, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, I've already told you what stone it is, you know what it looks like, that's fine. But the people who are into that, then maybe it'll, it'll mm-hmm. catch them, you know, and I still tag it under the zodiac. People who don't believe in that, they're not going to go, oh, well, he believes in that, I'm not going to buy that. <laughs> it, you know, it doesn't matter, it's yeah. just they ignore it. Yeah. But if it is something that does matter, somebody might catch their eye and mm-hmm. might help. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly right. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how are you? Right, you see, you're good. I think mine's probably come back to how do you kind of decide what's a good hourly rate to charge for yourself Ooh. when you're, especially like when you're working out the costumes and stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a tricksy one. Without um, comparing your finished price to what anyone else is doing. <laughs> so I struggle with this because yeah. yeah, you've got your hourly rate to mm. make something, but you also then spend time photographing and marketing mm-hmm. it. Mm. So how do you? I exclude yeah. that. It's my actual. Mm. Yeah. And and also, sorry, I'm mm, interrupting. Sorry. But with yours, 
where you got buy your fabric from is going to be a different price every time. Mm. So your yeah. rate, your price, I'd imagine, is going to fluctuate yeah. slightly as well. Yeah. I mean, if you're doing it to the pence for each, yeah. whatever. And this is where we have to remember that we can do all the maths we like with our pricing, but at the end of the day, that's just the starting point. Mm-hmm. It's not the end point of our pricing. Because, yeah, you have to not only cover your time when you're making, but if you're going to make a business out of it, you have to cover all of your time yeah. and mm. all of your bills. Because, the, you know, the, the work that you're doing to market your business and photograph, it's all work. And the yeah. only way you're going to get money from that is by selling your product. So it's really important to, to remember that. And, you know, let's be honest, at the beginning, and by beginning I mean probably the first few years, you're probably going to be earning minimum wage or less mm-hmm. um, before the amount of time you're putting in to mm. growing and learning about growing a business. You know, because it is so time-consuming at the beginning because there's so much to learn, there's so much to do for the first time. But it gets easier. And, and you earn more over time because what happens is when, you know, and, and generally I say this, you know, when you're starting out, you need to charge a reasonable price. But especially if you're only a fledgling, fledgling business, mm-hmm. it still needs to be low enough that people will buy it without like a whole bunch of reviews or a whole lot of history mm-hmm. behind you. So sometimes you might even start, pack, you know, selling something for maybe a little bit less than you think it should be sold for just to get the ball rolling. Mm-hmm. And, and with an idea in mind that this is not the pricing forever. This is just getting get kickstarting the business, getting it off the ground price. And then in six months or after this many sales, I'm going to put the price up. And then I'm going to put the price up again and again and so on. Like I've put my prices up with my jewelry business at least four or five times, like across the board. Um, other you know certain products have gone up or whatever because of demand over time. But yeah, it needs to be something you think about long term mm. rather than right now. Because let's be real, like in a perfect world, we'd all be earning, you know, our exact amount of money per hour that we want to be earning from the work that we're doing. But chances are that's not going to happen straight away um, Mm. because we just won't be selling enough and we'll be doing so much set up work. Mm. And I think if you think about it that way, like this is the this is the, the, the set up growth phase. And a lot of these things you're only going to be doing once or learning once, you know, so it it seems like. For the first few years, it seems like it's just this endless uphill battle of, of, you know, I'm never going to get to the point where everything's going smoothly. But there does come a point, I talked about it earlier, that there does come a kind of a tipping point where the basics, you know, you've learned enough that you can just roll with it. And you're not constantly having to figure this problem out or search out a solution for that. You know, you've got things pretty much copacetic and you can just, you're focusing your time now on the basics, you know, making your orders and keeping your marketing going and that's and answering your customers and that sort of ends up being the majority of what you're doing so you actually end up earning more for your time because you're doing less work less you know and the work that you are doing is more profitable because you're actually doing more making and more making your products rather than all the other setup and admin and learning work that you were doing in the beginning phases so think of it as a phased thing uh, yeah, and as to what the amount is, yeah. <laughs> which is, you know, you, you have to really be realistic about, okay, well, at this point in, in the development of my business, what do I need to be earning to survive mm. and, and, and go with that? Like, obviously, you know, you want to be earning a lot more than minimum wage. You want to be earning a, a decent amount of money for your time because, but also 
as your business develops, your skills develop mm. and you become more skilled as an artist or an artisan. And so then you can charge more because you have that skill set and that history and all those reviews and, mm. you know, um, social mm. proof behind mm. you for what you're, you're charging. So I can't give you a definitive yeah. answer, obviously, but those are just all thinking points as to making that decision and which way you want to go with it. Mm. And some people, you know, if you, if you think about other sorts of business, you know, like startups and stuff, at the beginning, they just throw everything into mm. making it happen. And they, you know, they, they, they take the minimum amount of money they need to to survive and just throw all the money back into the business because they realize a lot of businesses fail because they just don't get momentum and they don't get off the ground. And if you can't get past that getting off the ground stage, it will never flourish mm. and grow. So there's kind of that give and take you have to... You have to be willing to take the risk and, and not earn as much money from it in the short term to hopefully make it work in the long term. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so that's difficult. Yeah. Because You've kind of got to be confident enough that you're charging what you think mm. your thing is worth. Yeah. And if people don't buy it, well, then you have to start looking at it. Yeah, you have to mm. think, well, is this the should I be making this product? Mm. You know, I've, I've ditched so many products <laughs> that I've made because I wanted to make them or I thought they would work and they just haven't and you're just like well chalk that up to experience all those supplies I bought you know yeah. <laughs> oh well yeah. I had so yeah. much stuff just like gemstones that I don't even I don't even use anymore and haven't for years and it's just a sunk cost mm. really um, and that's what business is about is is experimentation and taking the risk and hoping it mm. works and, mm. and you know like with you know your products you may find over time that you either keep making those log stands and people are happy to pay for mm. them, or you might go in the direction of the, the smaller the products, items, yeah. and that's what people are willing to pay for. So, mm. And only time will tell, you know, only yeah. seeing what, what sells. That's the only mm. way to figure that out, really. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Cool. I've got another question, unless anyone else. Go for it. <laughs> it's an SEO question. Okay. So, and I haven't really looked necessarily in detail of how to improve my SEO. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but so if I upload a if I do any work on the computer should I save the names of then that JPEG as to I don't know natural handmade eco-friendly right. bag yep. to then put you know like how do I how do I boost my SEO yeah well when you tips? definitely when you save a photo put yeah. keywords in, this, in that because that's when okay. that photo shows up on Google that's what it's called and so that's what it'll save as and that's what when you know Google can't read images it can only read words yeah. so all it can read uh, when you do a photo search all it can do is look at the metadata associated with that picture which yeah. is the name the yeah. alt tags you put on it um, so when you upload so first of all is the name make sure you name it something that uses keywords yeah when you save it on your computer then when you upload it to wherever you are you know if you upload it to your website or your shop yeah um, well specifically your website you'll get all these options to put a, a caption and alt tag description and put the keywords <laughs> yeah in the alt descri- um, I think it's the alt description my head. anyway put yeah put your keywords in there as well because that's how people are going to find the image is the words you associate with it so yes okay. don't don't leave it named um, you know canon 36982590 yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So nobody can yeah. find your picture I didn't know that because mine, mine oh, are named okay. with a winner code uh, yeah. and I actually realised they would pick up on that so that's, that's really useful to know. Mm. thank you for asking okay. I mean mine are kind of descriptive because otherwise I just can never find them on my computer yeah, yeah, so if I just put them into the search I'm like oh that's where I put it yeah I but, do that too yeah, <laughs> like, 
Oh no, I forgot what I was going to say completely. But do you use stuff that makes sense to you or stuff that's going to be picked up by Google? Probably just mm-hmm. to me, mm-hmm. if I'm honest, because yeah. it will be for that client and it was that project and mm-hmm. da, 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 da. But so should I use the keywords, should, we, should I keep the keywords consistent then for, the, for how I save the photo, how it's uploaded, or can I... You can mix it up. Mix it up. It's yeah. not gonna. Okay. Mm. Yeah, you can mix it up because mm. that gives you more reach. In yeah. that, you can different people using different keywords will find different, different images searches. in your work, okay. and then maybe you know. Yeah. But always, if you can, always put your business name in there. Ooh. Mm. Okay. Like I, I put you know biophereal. Ah. because then they go oh it's that's the, the brand because the photo they can't tell from the photo who it's by. but if you have of it course. in there they can look you up because some of these things are so obvious aren't they <laughs> <laughs> they are but you, yeah, you know, think about great. it yes. yeah exactly exactly so yeah whenever I upload a photo or whatever Okay. I'm always fine. I'm like working towards like getting a um, blog post done, ready for a newsletter and I'm just like, mm-hmm. like, I'm just like I can get this photo so like, what do I just take a picture of like do this do this do this <laughs> and I turn it off and I'm like Put in the time it. No. That is really the icing on the cake. Yeah. I need to know. I know. Let's do it. Mm. But it's fine. The time to go back. Yeah. Mm. So go, I'll, I'll find once I've done something, I've achieved it to good. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. No. Business in the yeah. Yeah. So all of those things, you know, especially if your um, images don't have a watermark, which most of them won't. Yeah, people can't find you otherwise. So the smallest thing. Okay. No, that that was that was it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We've probably got time for one more question. If anyone's got one, or we can wrap up and take some photos. Mm-hmm. Actually, feature a different maker every day, and their product. 
So, and why, and that's like, oh my God. But the idea is that if you did that, every single one of those people would reshare it on their networks. And it would all come back Mm. to you. And that would be enormous. (laughs) So maybe in the future. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, or maybe if you only did 20 days or instead of 100 days. Mm. So you might do like a 10 day block. Yeah. Like, let's say for my makeup block, or Mm. the 10, 20, 30 Mm. days. Um, So how do you think I could approach people? Well, I think the fact you've done it once and you've actually demonstrated that you have the follow-through capability, that I've done this before and I want to do it again and I want to do it a bit differently, you definitely have to start planning it now, if not early, <laughs> early now, because um, you, ideally you want people to send you something, like a product to style, including the photo. Um, it could be one per day or it could be multiple per day. It depends how many people you want to involve in this process. Um, like you, if you're only doing 10 days for example you'd have theme days like clothes homewares jewellery you know actually have multiple people's stuff styled together in the one thing and it's kind of like um, now the problem with that is that if you're actually doing like a 10 day to Christmas countdown it's actually too late yeah. for people to buy the stuff right yeah um, so it might be something earlier or, or it could be like well, it might be too late for this year, but at least they're seeing your stuff. Or, you know. So there's a lot of things to think about there. But, yeah, there's a lot of potential there. I think the fact that, you, like I said, you've done it before means people will be more likely to be willing to work with you. If you again, if you approach them with a concrete idea, you've laid it all out for them, and they can say yes or no. Simple as that. So it's okay for someone to say, so like postage-wise. Yeah. Well, they, they would be responsible the for the cost. I mean, if because you're getting, they're getting free marketing from you. Yeah. That's, that's what they're getting exposure <laughs> which is you know we know how we all feel about that but it can work if it's a mutually beneficial arrangement in that you're gonna you're doing the work to photograph style and and actually do this thing so what you're requiring them to do is share it in this way this way and this way yeah. share that image um, and tag you and all that sort of stuff so you actually lay it all out in a document and say this is what this is the project it's a project this is a project I would like you to participate in because I love your stuff for this reason. I think it would work well for this reason. And give them the option. Yeah. Mm. And give them deadlines and stick to the deadlines <laughs> and actually make the deadlines a lot earlier than they actually need to be for your sanity. Like, I need this thing by the 1st of September. Not, you know, you actually need it by the 1st of October, but tell them way earlier so that it's more likely to get to you in time. Stuff like that. So it is a big. It would be a big project. So it would be project management, all that sort of stuff. But you know, it could work. That sort of thing, if you were collaborating again with other people, could work really well. Wonderful. Hmm. <laughs> I can see if I've got time. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I wanted to work out whether it was a. Mm. Yeah. Hey, it's pretty cool. It's actually something that could work. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And you might even do like instead of a countdown to Christmas, a countdown to. Do you guys do anything like Black Friday here? Some, some people right. do. <laughs> Just because it's that yes. bit earlier, and people will have time to actually buy stuff mm. for Christmas. But I've got 100 days. Okay. So we do start. Oh, yeah, so you could do it so at the earlier block. part. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good idea. Yeah. Mm. Just, just time. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I'll send you a link because Jan Harlow, who's one of the big knitting bloggers, does a gifts for knitters thing. Now, she doesn't have them send things, it's just things that she's decided she likes. But she features them in a blog of the countdown to Christmas. Okay. Just yeah. things, things that she endorses essentially. Gift guides. And it, yeah. Mm. Um, just basically saying if you're if you're looking for buy to buy for people like me, mm. here's what's a good thing to get. Okay. So I'll send you the link to that because it could be useful to, to mm. look at how she's doing it. <coughs> mm. Cool. Awesome. Thank you so much, everyone. That's brilliant. <laughs> All right. Huge thanks to my lovely thrivers who came along for this 
episode. It was awesome chatting with you. It was awesome meeting you. And I hope to do so again next time I'm in the UK. And remember, if you want to learn how to successfully sell your handmade goods via wholesale, don't miss out on wholesale know-how, my course that'll teach you how to do exactly that, which is running in a couple of weeks time. It starts on August the 28th. If you want to know more, head on over to wholesaleknowhow.com and you'll see all the information about the course there, some feedback from previous course attendees. And of course, if you have any questions, as always, get in touch and ask me. Registration will be open very soon. Have a wonderful week, Thrivers. It's awesome to be with you. And I hope you have a really great week in your business this week. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Jess Van Den, and this has been the Create and Thrive podcast. Goodbye for now.